You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. Hi, John. Thanks for making some time today to connect on this wonderful topic you've outlined. Pretty excited about it. We haven't talked a lot about average order value before. Surprisingly, it is a very large piece of e-com where we both spend a lot of time, but it definitely lies more on your side of the equation. If you want to increase average order value with traffic, just increase your prices, but <laughs> that might <laughs> decrease right. your conversion rate. <laughs> but your AOVs are, hey. But in talking through this with you, and one of the things you've mentioned, I think, in a lot of presentations is is a great analogy to AOV to kind of kick people's brains off and thinking through average order value Mm -hmm. is, you know, the advice you've heard before growing up and or maybe, maybe not, but I've heard it a lot. Never shop hungry. And when I do, (laughs) (laughs) it's not pretty. Uh, you know, if I go to the store hungry and Costco, I just eat everything and then I end up buying everything as well. But Tell us how you're bringing that analogy into AOV and into customer experiences on the website. Fair enough. Yeah, I I have this bad habit of going to the grocery store hungry. I don't know why. It's like I dislike grocery shopping completely. But (laughs) if I get hungry and I go, then maybe there's some value. Like you said, if you're going to, to Costco, you get all the free samples. So, But really, I think the idea here is people who go with, an empty stomach and they're hungry, end up leaving with a lot more, uh-huh. right? And they, they just load up their cart with everything that looks good. And it's it's a store owner's dream, right? And, uh, you know, I, I, you can do the same for your e-commerce store. And this is what I want people to get out of today's episode. If you can identify these things that will make your shoppers, I'll put it in air quotes, you can't see it, but hungry, right, for your products so that they have abandon their lists while they're on your site, why wouldn't you do that? Mm-hmm. Right. So there are tactics that you can deploy. Some of these are psychological. Some of them are just, you know, plain, uh, easy to implement. But really, most e-commerce marketers just ignore this. They ignore the metric, number one. You hear about it from some e-commerce managers, perhaps. Folks do typically know their AOV, but you'd be surprised how many times I ask folks what their AOV is and and they have to go look it up. Mm -hmm. They just don't know. But I think, you know, the idea of this is really instead of just driving more traffic and new visitors and increasing your customer acquisition costs, you really can draw more value out of the traffic you're already delivering by increasing your AOV. And you don't even have to touch your conversion rate. Right. I know that's the other thing. I mean, this is a metric that's on top of conversion rate improvement. So I want to share a few tactics, nine to be exact, Mm, uh, that you can utilize to motivate customers to buy more. This is quite a few options just from a high level, like nine options. There's got to be something for almost every single website out there for e-com in your list here. So I'm excited to chew through some of these. But other than like when you say hungry, I'm like, well, I would just sell food and mm-hmm. then I would get more aggressive on my bids <laughs> on Google like the hour before lunch and the hour before dinner. Uh, <laughs> I love that <laughs> idea. Get more traffic when they're hungry. But <laughs> how do you equate like hungry <laughs> on a site where they're actually not likely buying food or actually shopping right, with right. You know, pains in their stomach from hunger? Yeah. Well, great. So we can put that analogy aside for now because, yeah, this is where it starts to maybe get a little muddy. But the reality is what I mean is by you're considering your audience's needs, Mm. right? When they're in the grocery store and they're hungry, you're meeting their needs where they're at. They want food right then. You're meeting that need, right? So 
how do you consider the needs of an online shopper, right? What are their purchase motivators, right? What is going to motivate them? It's probably not a hungry stomach unless, you know, well, yeah, even if you're e-com, you're unlikely to get it quickly. Maybe if you're Instacart or something, right? But, you know, why should they be hungry for what you're selling, right? Why should they really want that product? How can you satisfy that specific need that they have right then? And once you're able to kind of pinpoint these, you're going to have a much better understanding of how to tailor your messaging. And that's what a lot of this is about, right? Some of it's influence through psychological uh, tactics. Some of it's just changing your messaging, right? So the first thing you really want to do is just get started by talking to your customers, right? I, I tout this. I feel like every episode I'm talking about, you know, go talk to your customers, go talk to your customers. But you never have any idea about why they're interested in your products, what their motivators are, unless you talk to them. Mm-hmm. So you really want to open up that direct line of communication and you should run a a small focus group perhaps and just ask them, you know, why are you interested in this product? What makes you interested? Uh, What are you considering as alternatives? There's a lot of questions like that that you can consider that will help you tailor the rest of the tips that we'll talk about today. User testing is a great way, right? So send people to your site who match your ideal customer profiles, ask them to complete some tasks, record their screen and their audio, and ask them to talk out loud about the experience they're having, right? You'll get a lot of great information. And, you know, we have a product that's a good user input, right? Userinput.io that you can go to and, and get this user testing done. And that, I think, is is really valuable to just talk to your customers. So much so that we launched a product. Oh, yeah. That has been taking off like wildfire inside logical position, mm-hmm. like not to tout a product of yours that much, but it is very popular. Yeah, you get a lot of great info out of it, <laughs> yeah. right? I think through when you're talking about, you know, why somebody's buying a product, I think often in e-commerce, you know, outside of kind of the basic needs, like if I'm buying Band-Aids, like I'm kind of, you know, obvious there's something there, but my wife is, yeah. is a good example of this because she just enjoys shopping. So she's different than me. I shop when I need something and I just get in, get out. I'm, I'm the weird one online, <laughs> but Hunter boots for her. Those are rain boots. And guess Mm -hmm. what? She's not there because she needs rain boots. Mm -hmm. She's there because she wants the status of a hunter or she likes the look. And she doesn't go walk in the rain. She drives kids to school, drops them off, doesn't get out of the car. (laughs) Hey, now she might step in a puddle. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, I go buy rain boots. She'll buy them in the summer. Like just Mm. because that she found when she liked or wanted it. But that was there satisfying a very different need for her Mm -hmm. than just the actual use of the product i think that's where many brands can get confused hunter's big enough you know fashion brand they're probably beyond some of that yeah we sell rain boots to keep people's feet dry but growing up or starting that brand you would have maybe thought you were selling rain boots to keep people's feet dry maybe that's where you started but you became more than that and there's different needs on your site then so most brands i think if you're not doing that already even if you're not even thinking about aov talk to your customers Mm -hmm. and and like a conversation, not just an email, I think. Pick yeah, up oh, for sure. You need to understand, you need to see them. And that's why we love the video portion, mm-hmm. right? It really helps you understand what they're thinking. And that that's important. Okay, got it. So we understand, hopefully at this point, what they're satisfying when they're on your site or trying yep. to satisfy. What's the next thing we need to be considering when increasing AOV? Well, the next thing is cross-selling complementary products. So you just talked about rain boots. So I think here you're, you're thinking... Someone who's interested in rain boots might be interested in a jacket or a waterproof hat or a pair of rain pants, mm-hmm. right? They may. A hunter may be selling for to your wife because she loves the look, but you know it rains a lot in Oregon. Yep. She probably also needs something to keep her dry, right? So 
this cross sell opportunity is one I don't see used enough. And it really, you, you want to use cross selling throughout the entire site where it makes sense. So many people focus just on the product page or checked out, right? And use it in those two areas. I like people to think of it as a service that they're providing, right? This is not an upsell technique, right? It is in a sense, but mm -hmm. if you treat it just like an upsell technique, you're going to throw whatever products you think are best on that page. Instead, you want to think of it as a service you're providing. This is complimentary. This is something that I'm trying to be helpful for the visitor. If you do it consistently, you can watch your AOV just really respond to that being helpfulness, right? So how do you do this? Well, in addition to having it throughout your site, you also want to create bundles of items that really just make sense together. So if you know they'll need a real fishing line and bait to go with that new pole, mm -hmm. just don't let them forget it, right? Put all of those products together in a bundle. Now, a nice thing about bundles is it makes it easy. So that's being helpful, right? But you can also then kind of deploy another tactic, which don't often recommend, but you can sell a bundle at a bit of a discount over the products individually, right? The discount came out of John's mouth. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so what I'm saying here is you don't overtly say it's 20% off. Mm -hmm. You say, you know, it's a better deal if you buy all of these together right now. And that will increase your AOV, yep. right? One way to find these is to look for trends in your order history. What are people already buying together that you hadn't thought about? What are their connections that you're missing, right? And let consumer actions tell you what bundles to put together. I guarantee you there's product combinations that you haven't thought of, but you know your target audience is buying together. So just look through that order history, identify the buying patterns, and use that to inform your cross-selling efforts. Now... One of the things you've talked about quite a bit before is reducing friction to checkout. Like they're there to check out or do mm -hmm. something. So do that. So where's that fine line that you generally want people to be aware of in like, I'm trying to cross up, cross up, cross up to get an AOV and I could mm -hmm. muddy the water too far to, you know, conversion that it just doesn't happen. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Obviously, if the more helpful it is, the less it's going to be an annoyance to the shopper. <laughs> right. So really that's why i focused there first and uh, you know i said hey you really need to be helpful with this and that's how you should be thinking about it as a service right if you're thinking about it as a service your intentions will be correct and your customers will notice that but if you think of it as i need to stuff the cart as much as i can they're going to be annoyed by that and this is unfortunately the poor implementations i see most where brands are just like oh you like these shoes you probably want another pair of shoes it's like no 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 an upsell would be oh i see you're looking at a pair of shoes we have these socks that are matching the same color it goes well with this belt etc right so that's really how you want to be thinking about this okay is how can you be helpful so just check your motivation to a degree. Yes, you want to hire AOV. Yes, you want to hire conversion rate, et cetera. But if, if you start with, I just need to help people, they may say, no, that's great, but I'm going to make sure they understand what looks good together because people like me don't understand which socks go with which shoes or which belt. Right. So you've got to help. Yeah, me. it's a service. Mm -hmm. Providing a service for the Ryan Garrows of the world who can't match yep. clothing. <laughs> we, need, we need help. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Drive and Convert podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. 
Thank you. Got it. Okay. We're satisfying a need. We're going to be helpful in that process in making sure they yes. understand what else could go with that in an upsell scenario. Are there other ways we can upsell beyond just trying to be, I guess, helpful? Yeah. The next on the list is upselling an upgraded item. Upgraded version. What I mean by that is, you know, when you're buying coffee filters, you could offer the 50 pack and all next to it, you could say there's 150 pack, mm. right? So I, I use this example because I got hit up with this and, and fell victim to it. But, and I say fell victim, but like they got me because it made sense. I make coffee almost every day at the office. I need coffee filters. 50, yeah, sure. Okay, great. That's what I went there for. But I saw for $5 more, I could get 150. So, now, mind you, that the 50 pack was like 10 bucks. So I was getting three times the amount for five dollars. Mm -hmm. And it just made sense financially for me to do it. But also it was a convenience factor because now I was like, you know what? I'm not going to come back here and order this in 50 days. I now got 150 days. So that's more time savings for me. I'm saving money and I just don't have to think about it again. Done. Right. So. A lot of people think an upsell needs to be a bundle, et cetera. What I'm here to say is an upsell could be an upgraded version of the item, right? So you could also upsell with premium support, something of that sort, right? Depending on your product, right? Now, in the coffee filter scenario, though, you now don't have to come back and buy again. So your lifetime value changes and mm -hmm. there could be... In theory, a risk that you forgot who you bought from three months because you were buying a one month supply, and then three months later, you're like, I don't remember who I bought it from. I got to go search coffee filters again. Right, and that the solution to that, a lot of people will use subscriptions, right? Yep. Okay. So that I think that's a good opportunity, but it does not increase your AOV necessarily to mm -hmm. have a subscription. That's what we're talking about here. So. If you're a product that is a recurring use product, then yeah, you probably want to go the subscription route or make sure that your email is dialed in, right? So you're getting back in touch with them. Or, you know, what I love to see lately is a lot of even Amazon sellers are doing this somehow that are fulfilling their own orders. They're putting in like a little flyer or business card size thing that's like, hey, when you're ready to reorder, here's how you do it, mm -hmm. right? Here's a QR go to our code. <laughs> yeah, right. It's illegal. Like, Per Amazon's terms, but for from Amazon's perspective, I agree. Yeah. But I I actually appreciate it because, and I even brought that up because the filter company did that. And so, not to get, I'm not going to name any names. I don't want to get kicked <laughs> off Amazon. But what I say is, what I'm going to say is, they did that, and I actually just left the little business card size thing with the filters. And when I needed more, I can just mm -hmm. snap the QR code and be right there. Yep, I like so. it. Okay, so upsell a better version or different version, more expensive version of the product. Mm -hmm. All yep. right. Next is to amplify social proof throughout the entire customer experience. So everybody knows social proof works, right? It's not a secret, but there are ways to use it to increase AOV. Obviously, we tend to trust our peers more. You know, when, when Ryan has ice cream and it's like, you got to try this flavor of ice cream, I'm inclined to try it more than just seeing it on TV in a commercial, right? Or maybe wine. So, <laughs> Maybe wine. That's yeah, we probably should use wine be as examples. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, <laughs> which we need to get that wine tasting on the on the calendar soon. We do. So, really, here's some ways to think about this, right? First of all, highlight customer reviews and testimonials. Pretty simple. Get the social proof on your site. Okay. Include earned media from recognizable brands. Now, this is more than just putting the logo of the morning show or whatever you want to call it on your website, right? Actually include the clip of when you were on that morning show with <laughs> you talking about the product. 
what happens, we found, is that a lot of brands will just include the logo of the magazine they were in or the TV show they were on, whatever. And then everyone just assumes without any proof that you advertised during that show or in that magazine. So if you were truly featured, prove it. Show me the hmm. a snippet, show me the quote from it, show me a video of you on the show, et cetera. This is really common with Shark Tank. Uh, a lot of companies who are on Shark Tank will inevitably use social proof that they were on Shark Tank and it does increase conversions and average order value. So another thing you can look at here is you know certifications and trust badges. So I know we've talked about this quite a bit, but social proof throughout that customer experience, not just in the checkout, will help increase AOV. Now, do you just put that social proof next to a bundle or an upgraded one to get them to consider a different product or add more stuff mm -hmm. to it? That's fair. I think really what we've seen is the correlation just between having social proof and having a higher average order value because people are going to feel more comfortable mm -hmm. spending more with you because they're willing to take more of a risk because of the social proof. So it kind of sits alongside the upsell, cross-sell stuff and mm -hmm. allows those to work more effectively exactly. to that. Okay. Exactly. And it reduces the barrier of me saying, wow, should I spend $50 with these folks or should I spend $1,000 with these folks? Well, I'm going to start with the $50 because I don't really know and trust the product. I want to see how that $50 product is. If it's a quality product, then maybe I'll come back and spend the $1,000, right? So really what you're trying to do is lower the objections and that helps increase AOV. Got it. Okay. I, I bet DJ uh, takes that from you. And leverages yeah. that. DJ, if you're listening, <laughs> social <laughs> proof, buddy. Okay. And you mentioned discounting, mm -hmm. you know, carefully, which is an incentive. And that's your next point here is incentivizing without devaluing, which is, means you have to be careful about your incentive. Yes. You really have to be smart about it, right? So if you just rely on an offer that promises a massive 25% discount, honestly, you're just going to hurt your AOV in the long term, right? You may get people to come in, but it's just not going to work. So there's some good examples out there of this though, right? How to incentivize. Nordstrom is known for doing this amazingly well. They're known for not just their pricing strategies, but their free gifts, right? I don't know how many times I've bought something at Nordstrom, I get a free gift or Every single time my wife buys any cosmetics at Nordstrom, she comes home with free gifts. And mm -hmm. it's interesting because we all know what Nordstrom's doing is they're giving away samples that they already would receive for free from their distributors. And yep. they're, but they're <laughs> packaging it up and they're making it a cool message around how they're going out of their way to give you something special. And it works. So there's a few ways that you can do this. So you can incentivize without devaluing your brand by offering a free gift with purchase at a certain threshold, right? You're not doing a discount, you're adding value. Again, it's the old adage I say all the time, add something, don't subtract. So the first step, the easy button, everybody subtracts dollars or percentage. If you can't do that, let's play the game of constraints. You no longer can subtract to add value. You have to add, actually add to add value. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? free gift with purchase and you set a threshold if you spend over 99 dollars or over 100 dollars, maybe the best thing to look at here is what is your current aov if your current aov is 90 dollars and you want to get it to 100 set that threshold at 100 and watch you reach that pretty quickly set up a loyalty program this is a good one where you build points people can come back and use those but you're gaming the system, right? This is what airlines do all the time. I'm diamond on Delta because I've 
flew so much last year. But here's the thing. Like, I know I'm going to get bumped up. If I buy an economy class ticket 100% of the time, I'm going to get bumped up to Comfort Plus. But if I get bumped up, I don't get the extra miles for doing that. So I'm going to lose my status. So instead, I just pay for the Comfort Plus, even though I know I'm going to get it, because I want the extra miles and et cetera that come with me paying a little bit extra for it. And so that loyalty program aspect just works. And I now I'm locked in. I only fly Delta because of the status. So you know the program works in multiple ways. And then, you know, even giving a, a buy one, get one free deal on certain products, it can work extremely well, right? So again, it probably costs you less to give a product away than it does to discount. And it certainly costs less in the mental aspect for your visitors around how they think about your brand, right? Because now they're not going to think of you as a discount brand. They're going to think of you as, oh, I'm getting something free. Like This is mm-hmm. cool. On the BOGO, you would do something like I'm looking at product A, it's 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Would it be like a banner like, hey, right now there's a BOGO on our $75 products where you mm-hmm. buy a $75 version of that 50 and you're going to get something free? Right. Yeah. And again, Nordstrom does this all the time, right? Where they offer maybe a 25 milliliter size of lotion. And then they offer a 75 and they say, if you buy the 75, you get the tw- a 25 for free. Uh-huh. Or if you buy a 75, we'll give you another 75 for free, right? So then you end up getting double. But if you just buy the 25, you don't get anything, right? So they're really incentivizing you to step up. Now, the margins on those products have to be high for this to work for the retailer. But when you have a high margin product, especially a consumable, this can work really, really well. No, I agree. I think that's a good way to present that. All right. Number six, elevate your personalization. So this is product recommendations. Typically, we talked a little bit about this, but a personalized experience for your customers is just so effective. This is something that you really need to be thinking about. Now, it goes in line with what we talked about earlier. This is something that plays along the other ones, right? And it has the influence factor, right? So personalized offers based on their order history. This is an easy one. If somebody you know purchased organic dog food from you, they're probably going to love you notifying them about organic dog treats, right? So Uh you know they want organic products. Give them more organic products, right? But if you're going to recommend new products, you have to make sure they're relevant to the individual needs. And I think that's what's really important here is, again, you're doing a service. You're not just trying to sell more products. So... Think of it that way. Display frequently bought together recommendations. This one I see happen a lot. It's easy to automate this. And the reality is there's usually a really good reason why certain items are bought together. So play that, right? Play it up. You know, like maybe people love almond milk with their coffee, right? So throw a box of almond milk in if you buy coffee beans, right? These type of recommendations can work out really, really well. So also use these to personalize email campaigns. This is one I see not happening often enough. If I buy a product, you know what I bought. And Clavio, et cetera, make this so easy. So utilize the tools that are out there and take that extra step and personalize your email campaigns. Integrate these product recommendations into your email marketing strategy and you will be helpful for consumers and they will come back and buy more and buy a larger bundle, right? They're like, oh yeah, you know, I need to go back and and buy more of those coffee filters. But while I'm there, I see that they also have an offer for beans that, that I might like. Okay, they, you know, I'm buying filters. It's obvious I'm going to need more beans eventually. So that's something that, that you could market, right? Yeah, and this technology is advanced enough that it's, it's mm-hmm. become very good. And I, I would think like maybe five years ago, it was a little younger. 
it may not have worked as well, but now you can get the same system to populate your mm -hmm. site product suggestions as well as populate your email. You know, List Track I know does an automatic personalization mm -hmm. on the site. Like you go to the site and you're seeing a specialized portal for you on the site. Yeah. Also plays into CRO and conversion optimization when you have somebody seeing a personalized site. You're basically taking the Nordstrom example and making the site a personal shopper for you essentially. And think of it, and that's where the service comes into play. Like you are trying mm -hmm. to serve these customers and give them things they're going to be interested in, not ram products down their throat because you have excess inventory. It's so true. And I think that it's, as its own tactic works really well, but combined with a lot of these other things, I think you'd find that it works even better. So, <laughs> all right. So next is offering free shipping, but setting that to a threshold. And what I mean by that is, you know, look again at your average order value it is now and set free shipping right above that number and watch your average order value climb up. This is one we see an, a lot. Now, it doesn't work in perpetuity, meaning like you can't say, oh, our average order value is 100. I'm going to set it to 110. Oh, we hit 110. Let's go to 125. Eventually, it does taper off, but it is a good way to juice your average order value and game that a little bit. In fact, according to a survey conducted by return customer, 93% of people prefer free shipping over other types of discounts. 93% would rather have free shipping than anything else. So how do you do this? Well, a lot of people are just abandoning their carts because they get to the checkout page and they see that added cost of shipping and they're just like, well, that's not what I wanted to pay. And so they leave, but you're able to help push people through that checkout and incentivize them doing so by setting that shipping threshold a little higher than your current AOV. So a great way to do this is Skims offers free shipping in the US for all orders over $75. If you go to their site, most of the items are under $70. So what happens is you end up having to buy two items to get free shipping. But then psychologically, you look at that and you say, oh, well, okay, so really, yes, I'm saving $5, but I'm also saving whatever the shipping cost is. I might as well put that to the new product. And then you start doing the math and you're just like, yeah, this is, I'm getting basically a deal. And so consumers look at it that way. It kind of psychologically turns from a offer of free shipping to now I'm getting a value, right? Because I'm getting this other product for less because I'm not having to pay for shipping. Yeah. That $5 shipping is a sunk cost. I have to pay that if I want the product. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and then a survey conducted by Comscore and UPS found that 52% of Americans will add items to their cart to meet the required amount to be eligible for free shipping. 52% will do this. <laughs> so if you think 93% prefer free shipping over any other type of discount, and then 52% will actually take advantage of it, that's a hell of a way to boost your AOV. I get into the shipping conversation a lot. Mm. Because it's a frustrating thing for e-com business owners because they're paying for shipping regardless of what the site yeah. is doing. There's no way to get around UPS, FedEx, USPS. They're going to get paid. <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, they don't offer free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of companies are stuck in the old way of thinking through shipping maybe 10, 15 years ago where, hey, I have a really good UPS rate. I am marking up my UPS rate to make that a profit center for mm -hmm. my business. And then they get addicted to that and say, oh, well, that's our revenue. We can't take it away. That company will likely be drastically smaller three, four mm -hmm. years from now because people yep. are not going to accept that they're going to become more and more familiar with how much things cost to ship. And they're going to start shopping you if you have shipping charges on your site. 
and it gives you the opportunity to pay for a click, Mm -hmm. get them to the site, get them to go to the cart, get pissed, go back to Google, find a competitor. And when you look at Google Shopping, which is still for most of you brands listening, one of the best ways to get new visitors to your site, Google's algorithm favors lowest total cost. Mm. So it doesn't care if your widget is, is 100 and your shipping charge is $10, but somebody is selling with free shipping a $105 widget, they have a lot of benefits on Google in beating mm-hmm. you in shopping because their total cost to purchase that's 105 versus your 110. And so it's better for you when it comes to shipping, find ways to give free shipping, even if you have to increase your pricing a little bit, mm-hmm. be smart about it by doing some research with your competitors. But I am 100% into that 93%. Like I hate yeah. shipping charges and I have ownership <laughs> in a shipping company. Like I know people yeah. pay for shipping, but as consumers, we don't want it. And so you have to find how to make that math work for your brand, but show yeah. customers free That's shipping. Great. That's great. So number eight, the next one is leveraging limited time offers to create a sense of urgency. So There's a great study out there by Psychology Today, and it found that people's fear of missing out tends to press them to purchase button more than an immediate need for a product. So FOMO is massive for me too. FOMO (laughs) is real, right? So, but I, you know, look, I want everybody to keep in mind that limited time offers don't necessarily mean having a flash sale or offering discounts over a period of time. I think the easiest and smartest way to think about this is fast food. Look at how McDonald's and Burger King do this. And it's really interesting. Some items that like uh, McDonald's sells that are really popular, like the McRib or Burger King has chicken fries when they don't do it year round. They come out at at certain times and it makes the news. It's like free PR for them. Like, oh, McRib's out. You know, better go get it. Or, hey, we have our Shamrock Shake, (laughs) you know, and you're just like, what is going on here? Why do I care that they have this special? And why is it such a big deal every year? But customers tend to flock to the store to get it before it runs out, right? And so I think that that's something to keep in mind that limited time offers just, they're not intended to increase order values for long durations, but they do work. So if execute it correctly, align it with your low season and will help give you a boost when you need it. So urgency and FOMO is real. You should use it, but use it in the right way and think about when you want to play that card because you can't continually play it. And you can't go going out of business every weekend. And, and yeah, unfortunately not. And and if you have to use a pop-up to do it, it's probably not a good limited time offer. Agreed. Generally speaking. A pop-up or a countdown timer or any of that is really just reducing trust. It's going to be a gimmicky and people will see through Yeah, it. exactly. Uh, you don't see McDonald's running a commercial for the McRib and they put a countdown timer up, right? No. They're not doing that. They're just they saying just say available limited for time. limited time. Yep. That's right. Because once they might sell it out in a month or it might take them a month and a half, but they're not going to put an no end date idea. on it. That's yeah. why you want to get there right away and get it. Yep. <laughs> right? I like All it. All right. Number nine, don't ignore the power of a post-purchase offer. I think too many people miss this one, so I want to make sure we call it out. But right when you do a purchase, there's this like euphoric moment of like, okay, great. I got what I needed. You know, I'm, I'm excited about it. Can't wait for it to arrive. The post-purchase regret hasn't set in yet that everyone has, right? It comes later, not immediately after you purchase. So take advantage of that high that happens right away by offering discounts, bundles, incentives to customers who have already made a purchase. You can encourage them to continue shopping with you. There's some great options out there that will say, hey, turn this into this bundle 
and you save money, right? Or, hey, you know what? If you add five more dollars to the cart that you just went through and we'll throw something else in or add this other item and we'll ship it overnight for free. So there's a lot of options there that you can do, but you want to personalize your offers, right? So things we've already talked about, make it relevant. You want to make sure you time it up appropriately. So I wouldn't say following up post-purchase right away via email, but you know, doing it on site right away works well. And then maybe you could follow up in you know a day after the purchase uh, with the email, but probably wouldn't go much more beyond that. And thirdly, make it easy to redeem, right? A lot of these post-purchase checkout tools that are out there and plugins that allow people to add on to the order before it's fully been processed, they work really, really well. They make it easy because it's one click to add this extra item in. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a great way to increase your AOV. Yeah, I actually love that one. It's one of my favorites uh, because it's so often overlooked. Again, you're serving with it. You can't just Mm -hmm. throw something against the wall and like get them to do something. But if if it's considered and it actually makes me as a customer be like, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I should put that in there. And, you know, somebody highlighted risk-free money back. If you don't like it, mm-hmm. don't worry, but put this in because we think it's going to complete the look. It's a great easy one in fashion. Like you bought this, you're going to like this. We know it and mm-hmm. you should try it. And I want to remove every barrier. That's where you pay attention to John's other CRO things like all friction gone. If I click a single button and I can have no regret because it's I can just return it risk-free, free returns. I, I would have very little reason not to be like, okay, that makes sense. Because I'm, at, yeah. again, it's that high. Take advantage of it. Okay, so we had awesome. nine points, John. So, And anybody listening here, I guarantee there's something in here you can be putting to work on your site very quickly to see some of these increases in AOV. Yeah. Started with, you've got hungry people on your site. Hungry for your product. <laughs> Maybe not hungry physically, but find out <laughs> what it does. So that's just talking to your customer. And if you haven't done that before, just stop the podcast. Go do that now. Just pick up the phone go face-to-face with somebody and talk to somebody that's a customer already and find out why they bought and what they like about your stuff. Cross-sell complimentary products. You can upgrade or upsell to a different version of a product on your site. It has a higher AOV, hopefully. Social proof needs to be everywhere through the process, not just in one specific spot, but make sure people know that you are a trustworthy brand. People like your products. Don't discount. Find ways to incentivize without taking away. We've now, John has already told you, you can no longer subtract. Now you have to get creative and find out how you add to add value. Yes. No more subtracting. Elevate your personalization and product recommendations. This is uh, just going deeper with your customer if you can find ways to really be that Nordstrom personal shopper for them. Avoid current abandonment by offering free shipping. So this is, free shipping can be such a powerful lever when done right. And it might take some time and testing to make it actually what's going to work for you but there's almost all of you listening can make an improvement to what you're doing with shipping. Limited time offers, you can create some urgency. You know, think about McDonald's McRib. It's just limited. There's no countdown timer. There's no gimmick. It's just, we have this much of them and it's limited and make it specialized for your company. And then post-purchase, make sure you're taking advantage of that high. Once they've clicked buy, you now have a very excited human with a lot of those fun dopamine things running through their brain, you can get them to push another button and and complete the order that's going to actually make them happier or it should make them enjoy your products more. But take advantage of that. And there's some easy plugins that can do that no matter what platform you're on. Awesome. Great recap. Thank you. Yeah, that was a cool one, John. It's something we definitely hadn't hit on enough, I think, in what we talked through. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that uh, you found some value in it and I appreciate you uh, chatting with me about it today. Yeah. 
And somebody should send us an example of one of these they implement and uh, the AOV increase, because I'd love to see some examples of one of these or two of these implemented on a site and the data they got out of that. That would be amazing. Yeah, Yeah, we'll call you out on the podcast. Boom. Perfect. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com. Thank you.